0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit hyundaiusa.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: This is Green and Gold History. Fifty plus years of stories, championships, and colorful characters.
0: This is Ace Baseball. This is Green and Gold History. All righty, so we're doing top 10 first halves in the history of the game. Yeah, for
1: history of the Oakland A's, guys who've had the best first half or pre-All-Star break, as we're going to call it, because obviously the All-Star break is not exactly at the halfway mark. Um, you know, the A's, obviously, a franchise in Oakland, littered with, with Hall of Fame players and All-Star players and guys who put together just amazing first three months of the season that really stand out.
0: Well, we have the honorable mention...
1: Yeah, you know, there's a lot of – so what we did, because, you know, a lot of guys had multiple great first half. So I just picked the, the best of the best yeah. for that player. Uh, but honorable mention-wise, guys who had great first half that maybe by themselves, Marcus Simeon in 2019, huge numbers. Uh, Josh Donaldson in 2013 had huge numbers, and, and 2014 as well. Uh, Olsen last season, huge. And then pitchers, Mulder in 2001, Hudson in 2003. These were all fantastic years. Uh, first halves of years. Not enough to make this list, however.
0: That's a big list then. By the way, did you have you seen that Matt Olson right now is on pace for 60 doubles for yeah. the season?
1: Yeah, he had already set. He was second most doubles before his first 70 games with the Braves, second most in Braves history through 70 games, more than Hank Aaron ever hit, more than Eddie Matthews. Just a doubles machine. Now the ball's starting to go out of the yard, too. He's starting to hit home runs.
0: So... I never realized it's harder to hit 60 doubles than it is to hit 60 home runs. Yeah. Or a web, right? It was a list of, you know, the, 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 the last guy to do it was like 1935. Yeah, it's crazy.
1: Uh, and because what Olsen's going to have happen is these balls that were doubles in April and May are going to be homers now in July and August. So I think his doubles are actually going to go down a little bit and his homers are going to go up. It means monster year for our old friend year. Matt Olson. All right, number 10. Let's start with a big name. Let's start with Jose Canseco in 1988. Uh, You know, this is Jose's third full season, and this is the year he put it all together. This was his 40-40 year. This was his MVP year. And he showed it all in the first half, right? 290 average, 24 bombs, 22 steals, and just great defense. He was playing right field. He just moved over to right, and he was fantastic because when Jose cared about playing and being good, he was one of the best players in the game. And he showed that that first half. You know, in the second half, he was even better, right? He had 328 in the second half uh, with 18 homers, so over 1,000 OPS. But that first half put him on the map, and that's when everyone got excited, right? He was the rookie of the year in 86, but then McGuire took all the glory in 87, right, with the rookie record 49 home runs. But Jose in 88 said, this is my game. And he put everybody on notice. This is a great A's team, and he was the best player, and he did everything so well, and he was the story. In 1988.
0: All right. Will Jose come up again on this list? No, I'm only gonna, you're only going to get to come up once. Okay. He had
1: some other good first halves, but this
0: was his best one. Then let me say this about Jose Canseco. Because now everything we do for some reason is Ricky Anderson. Yeah. Okay. I was in high school. I was in San Diego. The A's are the best team in baseball. Jose Canseco was the best player in baseball. He was the biggest star in major League Baseball. And everybody, it didn't matter what town you grew up in, he was the guy you wanted to see at the All Star Game. He was, he was the guy. We now see him in a completely different light, and it's like this pariah, and it's this whole thing. But when I was growing up, he is one of my favorite players, and that's why when they called me to do the uh, Out in Concord, remember he had his film, oh, and yeah, they, they, right. and they called me to, hey, will you get on stage with Jose Canseco? I said, like, you're damn right, I'll get on. Stage. I loved Jose when I was a cat. To this day, I still have the Jose Canseco on the on the table at home <laughs> sure. uh, for uh, for A's cast live. I loved Jose Canseco well, when I know, was a kid.
1: As an A's fan, after Billy Martin left, right, and now you're in the '82 or '82 was the last year, but '83, the '84, there was not, wasn't a lot to get excited about. But you kept hearing about this young kid, this this Cuban kid playing in the minors, Jose Canseco, who hits bombs. And when we first saw him in a spring training game in 85 that was on television and he had a weird batting stance and he kind of crouched down and you're like, I don't know. And then he hits a ball 600 feet. You're like, oh my. And then, you know, the great rookie year, he was very good in 87, but boy, in 88, to see a guy that big, that strong, and that fast, we'd never seen that, right? And all the talk about, well, if Willie Mays knew 40-40 was a thing, he would have done it. Maybe. But Jose's the first to ever do it.
0: And Jose did it in a year. Well, there's steroids involved. But Jose did it in a year that mattered. Yeah. What ended up happening after that, We see Bonds, you see A-Rod. They did it in years where it didn't. They were having bad teams, weren't good. Jose was doing it in a season that mattered. Yeah, 104-win season for
1: the A's. And he won the MVP,
0: and he was the best player in baseball. All right,
1: number nine. Number nine. We're going to go to a rookie year, probably the best rookie first half year. And this is Mitchell Page in 1977, and and you know my love for Page the Rage, and how he got screwed.
0: You are a, for me, even someone you know like 70s, still too young. You 70s is your you, 70s for you is my 80s. Right, it's
1: my formative years. Yeah, right. I'm nine years old and I'm watching Mitchell Page, yeah. and this is the greatest guy I've ever seen. He's hitting 308 in the first half, 11 bombs, 20 doubles, 902 OPS. 24 for 24 in stolen bases.
0: That's massive.
1: Mitchell Page, this is an unbelievable debut. He's not named to the All-Star team. Mitchell Page is not named to the All-Star. The Ace had two All-Stars in 1977. One was Vita Blue, all right, perennial All-Star, the you know, the, the last remnant from the Ace Championship. He's a years. star. He's a star. And Wayne Gross. And what was what was Mitchell Page's numbers? Mitchell Page was three oh eight with 11 homers, a nine oh two OPS, 24 for 24 in steals.
0: So he's hitting extra bases. He's hitting for power, and he hasn't been caught stealing. No, but they go with wow. Wayne Gross. Wayne Gross
1: hit two thirty five, but had 15 home runs. So he had more homers than Mitchell Page. He had four more homers, but did nothing else better. And Wayne Gross got to go to the Elster game. We didn't have OPS then didn't have ops and maybe there was something else going on too hate to say it but um mitchell was kind of looked down upon i think and they wanted to bring up wayne gross and and it gets worse it gets worse first of all none of the ace players Vida or wayne gross even gotten into the game at yankee stadium billy martin didn't play either one of them wayne gross was one of only two al position players who did not get in the game billy martin probably didn't even know who wayne gross was <laughs> <laughs> But here's the thing for me with Mitchell because the second half, Mitchell Page is just as good. He gets 307 with 10 more homers, finally gets caught stealing, but an OPS of 955. That's monstrous. And does not win rookie of the year. No, it goes to Eddie Murray. Now, over the long time of your career, yes, Eddie Murray is going to be a Hall of Famer.
0: That but career.
1: that first year, Page's wore 6.1, Eddie Murray's 3.2. Page out hit him, 307, out stole him with the 42 steals and higher OPS. But Eddie Murray had the higher counting numbers. And back in 1977, all they really went with was counting numbers. 27 homers and 88 RBIs.
0: Biggest thing is one guy played on the East Coast, one played on the West Coast, and no MLB network, no sports center, no app. No, you know ha, ha, how how was the East Coast really to know what the hell was going on? Because your box score wouldn't show up for that game two days later. Right,
1: kind of like the Chronicle now when you come to think. Oh, oh wow. hey, hey, shots hey, hey.
0: fired here in the city. But
1: uh, <laughs> you know it's funny because Mitchell Page. You can go to YouTube now, and you, there's a series that Mitchell Page had at Fenway Park where he was just a monster,
0: and there are great highlights to watch him play because he was so good. And that well, that's and that's when when people said, "Hey, you got to do it in New York." There was a reason why you need to do it when you're in New York, Boston. That the North needs you to see you because out west, yeah. And that was when they said to the Dodgers and the Giants, "You move out there. No one's gonna know about right. you."
1: So Eddie Murray got 12 first place votes. Mitchell got eight. Uh, Bump Wills, Maury Wills's kid, got four first place votes. And I still don't know how that happened. And it was kind of those votes that did not go to Mitchell Page that cost him the Rookie of the Year number eight. John Jaha. John Jaha. John Jaha. You can play Ozzy Osbourne. Let's go. So this is one of the first of the A's reclamation projects of getting a guy who had been good, right? John Jaha had a year in Milwaukee in 1996 where he had 34 homers and 118 RBIs. But then he got injured, and he had kind of nothing years in 97, 98. The A's take a flyer on him for 99, and they make him their everyday DH. And they hit pay dirt, right? a first half, he had 286 with 19 homers, drove in 56, a 585 slugging. He's in the middle of this A's lineup with Giambi and Matt Stairs. And he's the A's all-star representative, and he deserved it. And he finishes the year with 35 homers, 111 runs batted in, 101 walks. And this was what, you know, eventually Frank Thomas in 2006 and what they tried to hit with Mike Piazza yeah. in 2007 and Sweeney in 2008, and Garcia Parra, 2009. But Jaha was really the first of this, right? And they hit on it and they thought, well, we can do this again. And they did. They did do it again with Frank, but really not much else helped.
0: And what was, what was his – was it torn quad or something he had
1: like that? Yeah, a shoulder was with the A's. was Ended up being a shoulder. It was his legs with Milwaukee and a shoulder with the A's. He played a little bit in 2000, tried to come back in 01, and just couldn't stay healthy. And John Jaha was a fantastic human being, just a good dude. Big Raider fan, so he was really excited to be in Oakland. Uh, you know, 99 All-Star games at Fenway, and that's when they bring out Ted Williams. Yeah. And so you see that video – and there's John Jaha, and he's soaking it up, and good for him. Yeah, number seven, Jason Giambi. Jason Giambi in 2000, again, he kind of this was his MVP year, and he took hold of that award in the first half. In that first half, he hit 334, and you didn't see players in Oakland hitting 334. That doesn't happen. All right. 22 bombs, ops of uh, over a thousand, but his on base was 474. So, almost half the time he's reaching base in these 85 games. 78 walks, only 55 strikeouts. Now, Giambi let himself kind of know in 99, 98 that he's coming. But now this is where it just took over. He's the starting first baseman in the All Star in Atlanta. Fans notice how good Jason Giambi is. Um, you know, wins the MVP, outdistance Frank Thomas and A Rod, and deserved it. Should have won it in 01 because he had a better year than Ichiro Suzuki. But Ichiro had all the flash and the things, and it was, it was Ichiro. Like Zombie. something out of Star Wars. Jambi was even better in 2001. But that first half in 2000, that was that was I was superstar. You're seeing a superstar before your eyes. A guy who hit 315 the year before, hit some bombs, but this was putting it all together. And an underrated first baseman. He, he kind of got a bad rap, but he could pick it at first. You know, Eric Chavez doesn't win all those gold gloves without... Jason Giambi picking these balls in the dirt. Tejada would not be a thought of as good defensively if it wasn't for Jason Giambi. Yeah, he didn't have a lot of range. He had no arm, but he could pick it. According to Moneyball, it's first <laughs> base. It's easy. <laughs> Anyone can do it. It's incredibly hard. Number six. Number six in our Oakland Athletics first half. This one uh, surprised me, but looking back at it, I go, yeah, it's pretty good. Justin Dukeshire. Just the Duke? Justin Dukeshire in 2008. Now, this was a guy who made the All Star team as a reliever in 2005 and a reliever we had a 1.49 era um, but now he's a starter His first full year as a starter and that first half in 16 starts he goes 10 and 5 with a 1.82 era which is the second lowest in oakland history for the first half so it's legitimate right justin dukeshire getting a job as a starter. He was dominant out there every time he took the mound you thought you were going to win 10 and five with 1.82 is no joke right
0: fortunately not for, throwing 102 by the way no
1: no mixing it up curve balls tall guy on the mound but he threw strikes and he battled he had a little when i think back to it, Chris Bass, it kind of reminds me of what dukeshire was that the way he battled and competed last year that's what dukeshire would do especially in 2008. uh then the injuries hip injury curtailed his second half, then an elbow surgery in 2009. Uh, Then he had physical injuries Then he had some mental health issues and his career was just never the same. Made five starts in 2010 and and that was it at the major league level. Uh, So really making the all-star team for a second time in 2008 was a high watermark for him.
0: Number five. He had to be on this list somewhere, right? Ricky Henderson. Yeah. He's always gonna. Yeah.
1: And again, here's another great first halves in 81 Uh, in 82. He had eighty four stolen bases before the All Stars. <laughs> eighty four.
0: Now he was also caught twenty three times, but he's had eighty four. That uh, is something. <laughs> as much as we gotta talk about how great Ricky is, there's two things. He wasn't easy to deal with. Sandy Allerson gave us a great story at the winter meetings. Like when we were trading, we were like trying to get back from New York. Everybody wasn't totally on board, right? Right? Like right, right, right. that history doesn't get brought up. And number two is, as much as he saw, he got caught a lot. Got yeah, caught a lot. Like, you go back and look at the numbers, you go, wow. That's the thing about that 82.
1: 130 steals. 42 caught stealings. 42 times he got caught. So that's 172 stolen base attempts. And he really didn't play in September. He missed, like, three weeks in September. Think about that. How many times he tried to run. No one's getting caught 42. Nobody's stealing 42 bases, let alone getting caught 42. No times. one has the energy to steal 42 bases. So that's what makes 1990
0: so special for him as a first half. So the, he had 80. How many do you have? Buddy? 84 at the All Star break. 84 at the, the All Star break, folks. This is a late All Star break with the All Star game being on the 19th. Usually it's early July. It's like right after the 4th.
1: Yeah, usually it's, it's, it's close to the 81 game mark. It's usually about the 85, 86 game marks, a little over. This the one's stolen a stolen base game. Basically. So that's what makes 1990 so amazing. Is uh, before the break, he had 39 steals, but only four caught steals. Right now, you're seeing this efficiency in a stolen base game. Oh, by the way, he also was hitting 335, which is the A's record for the first half of the season 17 homers, 39 steals, 53 walks, only 30 strike. And he's Ricky. This was his MVP year. And this is as good as a leadoff hitter is going to be. In 1990, I mean, look at his final numbers, 325 average, second in the AL, 28 still, uh, home runs as a leadoff hitter, 65 steals, 439 on base, over a 1,000 OPS. You know, he beats out Cecil Fielder for the MVP, and this was Ricky at his best. And this is, what, 32-year-old Ricky and just
0: dominating. It's truly one of the greatest years in the history of baseball. Yeah,
1: especially from a leadoff hitter to see – the power, the speed, the ability to score runs, and the defense as well. Ricky, member was a left-handed thrower. Yeah. So his gloved hand is going to the line in left field. And Earl Weaver used to always talk about what an advantage that was for Ricky. Because he's not – you can't run on him. If you have a ball down the line, he's going to get to it fast enough because he doesn't have to backhand it. He can
0: almost come in on it. He's going to not let you get to second base. And, you know, you, you, you think about the power that back then, you know – that kind of power today. I mean, we get we get all pumped up for George Springer, and no offense, he's 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 had a lot of leadoff home runs. But you think the power for Ricky is pretty incredible for yeah. a leadoff hitter, and that's what the made consistency it so of it. Well, when it's so tough to pitch to
1: him, right? Because if you do give him a cookie, he was going deep on you, right? And you can't walk him because if you walk him, he's going to steal second and possibly third. So what's your dilemma here? You just got to hope Ricky has a bad day, right? Otherwise, you're not getting him out, and he's going to score a run.
0: Even old man Ricky, whether you want to talk about, I don't know, Dodger, Padre, Mariner, Red Sox, whatever, he still could, have, you know, have 11 bombs in a season. Yeah. And he
1: was still a factor, you know, even with his Dodger gears with the Red Sox year. He was still a factor hitting home runs and stealing bases. Number four. This, you know, you, you, you kind of forget how good this guy was. He's a Hall of Famer, he, he, Hall of Fame person, Hall of Fame baseball player. And then you look at his numbers and you have to glance again. This is Dennis Eckersley. And Dennis Eckersley, again, another guy that had a great first half. But in 1992, that was his MVP and Cy Young year. And then the numbers. Think about this. Before the All-Star break, he was 30 for 30 in saves. That's
0: pretty amazing.
1: He was the first to ever have 30 saves before the All-Star break. But 30 for 30. Oh, he also had two wins. Did, they, did they do th- something on <laughs> ESPN for him? They definitely should. Five walks, 50 strikeouts.
0: He had five walks and it was 30 a, appearances? 37 games. He 37, he had five walks. And that was My a bad God. year for him, five walks.
1: 50 strikeouts. I mean, final numbers that year, he went 51 for 54 in saves. Uh, only 11 walks in 80 innings. A 7-1 and one record. So, even when he blew the save, he'd get the win. Like, when he had the the streak before Balfour broke it, for most consecutive saves, uh, in a game that Greg Jeffries tagged him, to give the Royals a lead. Harold Baines sets a walk-off home runs, and that got the win. So he had a 7-1 record. 51 for 54, but that 30 for 30 in saves. 1992, the A's really weren't expected to do much. Um, and Still they were, one of the better teams, though. One of the better teams, but they were kind Blue of Blue were coming. They didn't have Dave Stewart. Uh, I'm sorry, they still had Dave Stewart in his last year with them. They still had Bob Welch, but he was hurt. Um, they were still struggling with the pitching staff, but They won the AL West and 30 for 30 in the first half by Dennis. Actually went a long way. Pretty amazing.
0: 30 for 30.
1: All right. Number three. Another pitcher. And just, again, numbers, I'll blow your way. Vita Blue in 1971. Hey, he won the MVP and the Cy Young that year. I think we're seeing a theme. But before the break, which is the anniversary, was today was the 71 All-Star Game. was on this date. Reggie took it out of the park. Reggie went off the tower. tower. The Transformer in Detroit, Hank Aaron hit a homer. Everybody hit a homer in this game. Uh, but Vita Blue started that game. And based on these numbers in the first half, 22 starts, 17-3, and 1.42 ERA, 188 strikeouts and 184 in a third innings, six shutouts, 17 complete games, and a 179 opponent average. This comes after he started the first game of the season. In Washington, DC, the A's in 71 played their first game in DC. It was a one-game series. He only lasted an inning and two thirds and took the loss. And after that, he goes 17 and
0: 2 basically in his next 21 starts. It makes me angry. Do you do I have to go to my scorebook last night? James Caprellian, <laughs> seven, seven, uh, seventy pitches, five innings. Did, I don't know. You probably have been listening to the show, but we did this uh last night on TV in 2000. The average pitcher threw 98.6 pitches in 2000. 2022, it's 84.6. What was Vida throwing in 1971? He's throwing 130 to 140 pitches again,
1: especially with those strikeouts. I mean, think of 17 complete games and 22 starts. 17 complete games. And he's throwing the ball hard. There's no radar gun to tell you, but the hitters were telling you he was throwing harder than any other pitcher. Right, The blue blazer was coming at you. So he was not taking pitches off, and he was dominating, and he was able to go that long, and he had a long career. Athletes today are supposed to be better than they were 40, 50 years ago, and track records will tell you that, right? People were running faster, were throwing longer, were doing things better. But in baseball, we're we're bringing guys, we're pulling them back. We're not letting them go to their full potential because we're afraid of injury and we think less is more that we can get more out of them at a longer period of time.
0: It's, it's not, not proven, proven out to be. It's not proven out. Because if you take away some of the off-field stuff with Vida, I mean, he, in a way, kind of has a borderline Hall of Fame career. 100%. And he
1: was thought of as a Hall of Fame pitcher for almost the entirety of his career, from the age to the Giants to the Royals back to the Giants. He kept making all-star teams because he was thought of as a Hall of Fame player because he kept putting up those numbers. Vida was, you know, was one of a kind. And that 71 season was, you know, obviously just ridiculous.
0: And his error was you had to win 300 games. But tell you what, still one of the greatest guys. Vida 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 Blue is is one of the greatest guys ever.
1: Number two. Number two, another rookie, and that's Mark McGuire's 1987. And McGuire had some great first half later in his career with the A's in 96 and 97. But in 87, I mean, we're talking this is – no rookie had done this. 294 average, 33 homers before the break. Right? Rookie record. Before that, the most – homers by a rookie before the all-star break was 25 in 1950 by al rosen mcguire had 33 now that has been passed there's only two other guys who had 30 and that's aaron judge in 2017 and pete Alonso in 2019 mark Meyer is still 33 as a rookie uh, and the other thing that he did was he made oakland the place to be and i still remember this the, the weekend before the all-star break in 87 the a's were playing the brewers or it was in the al then and the Coliseum is packed for every game. There's a Sunday game against the Brewers. There's 33,000 people there. And it's because of Mark Maguire and Jose Canseco. Oh, And that was the thing. You had the superstars that fans wanted to see. It was the place to be. And the Coliseum was just rocking. Now, this was the year the All Star game was at the Coliseum, right? And so everybody was excited because Maguire actually, you know, he's going to be in the All Star game. Then he gets introduced, the whole thing. It's great. Uh, but the Coliseum, it just, it was superstars. It was superstars at the Coliseum. And it was amazing. Number one, I think we all know where you're going to go with this. This is uh, Reggie Jackson. And there's no doubt. This is 1969. This is young Reggie, right? This is second full season Reggie. There's no beard. There's no mustache. They've come from Kansas City. This is his hair is cut short. This is just Reggie, the ball player. This is his first half. 287. 37 home runs. (laughs) 24 doubles, 79 ribbies. The Major League record for home runs before the break, 37. Right, It's since been passed by Barry Bonds, 39 in 2001. Uh, But that's it. That's the only player who's had more. Uh, Maris before that in 61 and 33. So Roger Maris, so everybody's talking about Reggie breaking Roger Maris's record. He's on pace to fly by it. Fly by this 37 homers at the brand. Yeah, We've never crazy. seen this. Cover of Sports Illustrated in the sweet A's uni. It was the best A's uni. Oh, look good. Look good. Starting center fielder in the All-Star game at RFK Stadium. First of 14 oh, All-Star huh. appearances.
0: RFK RFK Stadium, the home of the Hogs. Back <laughs> in the day with the Washington Redskins and the great. The Hall of Famer, Joe Gibbs.
1: So the only unfortunate thing is the second half, the pressure got to Reggie. Maybe the only time pressure ever got to Reggie. And he's talked about it. I mean, the whole Marist chase. And this is 69. I mean, the media is, like you have talked about earlier, it's not what it is today with social media and Center and 24-hour news cycles. But even then, the media was getting to him. Because it was every place he'd go, Roger Maris, can you do it? Can you beat Roger Maris? What do you think? What do you think? You're going to homer today, Reggie? The old
0: newsman. So what do you think? Can you beat
1: Maris? Yeah, you know, every day. And he actually kind of broke out in hives. He struggled with it. He only had 10 home runs in the second half of that season. Harmon Killiver actually uh, passed him uh, for the season lead, right? So – 37 home runs before the All-Star break. That still, to me, is unbelievable to think about. 37 from, from Reggie Jackson in Oakland at the Oakland Coliseum where the ball wasn't flying. No. And he had 37.
0: No. That is truly amazing. I mean, you 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 would have thought set. he's the guy. With that start, could have got to 70.
1: You know what? I think older Reggie probably would have. I think older, if 73 Reggie or 74 Reggie had done this, Reggie could have handled the media because he would have, you know, you talk about Reggie now and how boastful he would got, and he would get big and the whole thing. He wasn't that way in 69. 69 changed him a little bit. And then by the time 72, 73 comes around, if this was Reggie hitting 37, Reggie's hitting 70.
0: All right, your top 10. Top 10,
1: first halves in Oakland history, Jose Canseco in 88, Mitchell Page in 77, Rob from an All-Star Game birth and the AO you know, Rookie of the Year, uh, John Jaha in 99, Jason Giambi in 2000, Justin Dukeshire in 2008, Ricky in 1990, Eck in 92, Vida in 71, Big Mac in 87, and Reginald Martinez Jackson, 1969, 37 home runs before the break.
0: This is a this is like a a who's who's list in A's history. Yeah, it's a lot you know, of big names. You go through, you wonder why these guys were great players.
1: Well, this this is one of the reasons why.
0: Well, they have a good season. You don't normally have to have a good first half. The
1: the only uh, uh What's the word I'm looking for? Exception to that is Eric Chavez. Never had a good first half. Never Some made guys out so start right. out slow. Just never put it together early in the year, never got into people, and then would turn it on the second half. One of the few guys that would never had a good first half. Um,
0: yeah, I noticed looking down to my scorebook that you didn't have any of uh this year's A's.
1: Well, unfortunately, um no. 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 Maybe next year. Uh you gotta hope. You you're looking for people to get better You're looking for progression. You're going to have guys who got opportunities. You would like to see a guy get hot. That's what really what the A's need at this moment. We're seeing a little bit with Sean Murphy, right? He's been hot now for a Chad week.
0: Pender play him.
1: You gotta, you know, Chad Pender doesn't walk. Is it bat before that he let him walk you. We got eight walks all year. I, I, let him walk you. Maybe if he played every day, M- maybe, but you do, you're looking for someone to get hot and carry this team. Murphy might be that guy right now, which would be nice. This is what we saw in spring training. I drink training, it was on fire. Who's killing them all? And this is reminding Short me. Shortened swing, said he didn't want to strike out. Yeah. And then all of a sudden. Right center field becomes an option. You're starting to see the ball go that way. The A's can gets somebody, a linchpin in that offense. It's just going to lift everybody else up. And you're going to hopefully see some other guys start
0: swinging the bats a little bit. You are the last guest on ACE Cast Live for the first half. Wow. This is our last show. So which, how, how did I do? Do I get like a first half award? Cody, what do we uh, what do we got for him?
1: Uh, I love the list, first of all, and I'm shocked that there's no Ace from this year on there. Um, not Paul Blackburn, AJ Puckett.
0: Twenty twenty two. AJ Puck, AJ Puck,
1: said... Puckett had a good first half. Uh,
0: Paul Blackburn has the best road ERA in all of Major League Baseball at one twenty eight.
1: Okay, he, could, he couldn't. Five and zero. Okay, so how about next time we do first first half
0: road performances in Oakland Ace history?
1: See and then the, see what the does. We to want do.
0: people to listen to Ace Cody.
1: Is Blackburn only starts on the road, and Cole Irvin only starts at home?
0: Well, you have the perfect picture right there. There it is. <laughs> do, you, or do we have anything for him?
1: Uh, I don't have anything. You're the one that's sitting right next to him. Do you have a ball or something you can sign for him?
0: I don't work here. This is I'm like I. I this is a road game for me. I'm like Paul Blackburn <laughs> on the road today in Texas. <laughs> They can't wait to get me out of here. Well, Boop. we'll come up with something. I Maybe a, um, a signed trident by Cody, a ride-the-wave trident. Oh, something. remember the tridents? I love the trident. How'd that work out? Look at that. Yeah, there you, maybe get you a signed trident or something. I would have very much enjoyed a signed trident. Yeah, we got to start having partying gifts here. for You come on Ace Cast Live this. You know um,
1: our great friend Ray Fossey, yeah? right? Because he used to always have stuff to give away.
0: <laughs> Fossey. You go back into his closet. You walk out with the Arco's golf meters for your clubs. You'd have like it was amazing. Men's warehouse coupons, which are yeah. great.
1: No, he was unbelievable. The candy, you always had the candy back there. He'd give you that closet was. I think when they clean it out, they found like all these giveaways still that they can give out to, to guests. So I think it's something you
0: need to do. Little guest giveaways. You know what? We're as Dave Cavill would say, I'm on it. On we it. will make that happen. You mean a lot to us here on Ace Cast. Thank you. It's Danny. awesome stuff. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits.